Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to welcome you to our final Lunar Love episode, which brings to a close what has been a really incredible and fascinating journey that we've been on with the fantastic Jane Gleason White, who has very carefully and um, insightfully guided us through the last six or six to eight, six months, six months. And um, yeah helping us understand our lives in what I've experienced as being a much more profound level when, when you really start to understand how the energy of the moon interacts with other planets and impacts us in such intimate ways. Uh, I know from my perspective, it has been really supportive and helpful to have this overreaching context to, to move through life. So really grateful to you, Jane, and really excited to hear what you have to offer in this final episode. So without further ado, I will let Jane take over and uh, and introduce us as to what's coming in with this new moon that we're about to experience. Thank you, Kay, so much. And yes, I have experienced something similar. You know, I, I have these moons in my mind most months and but having to pay more attention to them to find ways to talk about them to your listeners um, and particularly to be looking back at the last six months, you know, where they were seeded has been absolutely fascinating for me as well. And obviously really inter interesting to talk to you and hear how it resonates both with you and, you know, your clients and so on. So thank you so much. Um, so yes, this is the last one and the new moon is going to be in Pisces, which is the last line of the Zodiac. So um, it's uh, the new moon is going to be on Monday, the 20th of February at 6.05 p.m. Sydney time, which is Eastern Standard Time in Australia. Um, and Piscean energy being the last sign of the zodiac and in the Northern Hemisphere where the zodiac was born, this is the very end of winter. So it's when the snow is melting and the ground is making way for spring, which happens at the equinox in March. Um, and so it's very much about watery dissolving energy. Pisces um, is symbolized by the fish, two fish swimming in opposite directions, which is also indicative of the Pisces energy, which can be very hard to pin down, very ephemeral, very ethereal, very watery. It's, it's, um, a mutable water sign and it's the most sensitive emotional of all the water signs and then it's opposite sign because we've been talking about these polarities as we've gone on um is virgo and that is going to be the full moon on the 7th of march at 11 40 p.m and virgo is very much the opposite and it's so much about embodying and incarnating and it's the way that we really um, inhabit our bodies in a different way from Taurus. So Taurus is the first earth sign, Virgo is the second earth sign. And it's a more sophisticated, I guess, because it has more intellect involved relationship with our bodies. So it rules health. Um, it's also possibly the most kind of worrying sign in the zodiac. It can, you know, at its kind of, you know, so if Pisces can just be off with the pixies and lost in sex, drugs and alcohol, Virgo can be sort of controlling and um, anal and too much worried about everything being perfect in the daily world. Um, so at the full moon, we're being asked to kind of bring those energies together. Um, you know, I'll talk more about that when I talk about the full moon. But, you know, so at its best, Virgo is so wise. It rules health and medicine. Um, it And it's in its new rulership. So traditionally it was ruled by um, Mercury as Pisces is ruled by Neptune. Um, but since the asteroid Chiron, one of my favorite um, planetary energies that I've spoken about, the wounded healer, since that was discovered in 1977, a lot of astrologers suggest that it rules Virgo. And I very much um, believe that, which is so much about the alignments that we've talked about between kind of spirit, mind, soul or um, emotions and body that feels very Virgo energy to me. So it's hugely wise earth energy 
about our physical bodies and how we kind of incarnate on this earth. So these are the sort of two polarities. Pisces is kind of out there in the cosmos. Virgo is earthing all that cosmic energy in our bodies. So such beautiful energy. Virgo is mutable earth. So both of them are very sensitive and receptive. I think which is why Virgo can be such worrying energy because it's so, you know, it rules the digestive system, you know, and so it's very much about the sensitivities of our gut and gut knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have any questions about that, Kay, before I move into the Pisces. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, it was actually interesting to hear you describe, and maybe this isn't the right way to describe it, but the shadow aspects of both the planets, uh, both the signs, sorry, because, um, yeah, I guess, even though we may have discussed it, maybe not as clearly as that, that, you know, every sign does have a shadow aspect and and it's, what would you call its lighter aspects or, you know, most enriched aspects? I don't know. But, um, and it's, I think it's really nice to have that awareness because I actually have a lot of Virgo in me. <laughs> so, you know, hearing you describe it that way, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see those aspects in me and, and, equally the opposite side and and I think you know as we go through this experience just having awareness of what the shadow aspects look like is helpful because then we can just consciously acknowledge that oh okay that's me just coming out of alignment because of this shadow aspect and that's fine you know and I think um talking about embodying your spiritual self which I feel we're going to drop into in a lot more detail in a moment it's you know really interesting to consider um you know how we can really start to become much more expansive in yeah. like how we acknowledge when we are coming up with our shadow aspects and just being okay with it um Jane and I have had a little chat before this um before we hit the record button um and I was saying you know over the last kind of few weeks I have not felt my 100% self it's been challenging and actually and this is just on an energetic level there's been lots of internal shifts for me and actually um I was talking to my husband about it last night and I said to him you know it's been a challenging day but it's all okay you know it's all okay to just not feel great <laughs> and and I feel and maybe you, you'll add to this I hope but that's been a really big experience for me it's just you know really coming into a level of increased mastery I suppose around holding space for discomfort um, which I think Covid was such a fantastic you know, kind of shocking experience for so many of us, but it really introduced us to that resilience, actually. Um, and so, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, on, and maybe it's not necessarily relevant to the new moon, but, um, you know, just really kind of working with our shadow aspects in a way that's actually much more wholesome. No. Um, accepting no no go for it sorry it's very very relevant and you know actually the fact that you mentioned covid is perfect as well because pisces also rules infections you know and so you can have infectious love or you can have infectious disease you know and then virgo rules medicine and healthcare and everything so it's very much been about these two signs and i'm so glad you you brought up you know this kind of more shadow aspect for two reasons First, because Pisces also rules all the things that we're ashamed of and that we put, that we hide in our societies and in ourselves, which, so it rules, you know, mental health, it rules, or mental ill health, it rules um, prisons, psychiatric institutions, you know, all the people um, that we lock away and don't want to see in the public sphere, and also equivalently all the things in ourselves that we lock away. So it's relevant in that way. And it's also relevant because um, you, Pam Gregory has a very beautiful way of thinking about astrology, which I'm not sure I've mentioned in these conversations, which is that we can see our birth chart or any astrological chart as a sheet of music, as a score. 
and we can play it in so many different ways. And her example is we can play it with a tin whistle and it'll sound probably terrible, or we can play it with some amazing orchestra or whatever your favorite music is, you know, a beatbox or, a, you know, a, like drums and guitars, you know, or you can sing it as an opera singer. You can play the astrological energies in whatever way you like. So I'm fine with the language of shadow, but I prefer that kind of way, like how we can bring this energy, we can manifest it in more and more beautiful ways the more that we learn about it. And it feels particularly pertinent that this question has come up in this Piscean and Virgo energy because like all the other water and earth signs, they're designated feminine signs and they've been very much maligned both as energies in the greater culture, but even in within astrology, you know, it's all these earth signs and these water signs are a bit, you know, like not like the fire signs or the air signs with intellect and passion, you know, they're the ones who are given so much airtime. So I think it's really quite beautiful that you've asked that question now, because I mean, these are such beautiful energies. I mean, unconditional love and compassion for Pisces and the capacity to heal and through channeling all that unconditional love and compassion that Virgo brings. I mean, these are sorely needed qualities right now on this planet. Yeah. And, and yeah, I thank you. That's really helpful. I think um, something else I'd like to share, um, cause it, what you've said, just, you know, brought that to mind. Um, and this, uh has been like my so just to share when I go through these kind of more challenging experiences I do I, I spend a lot of time internally just observing what's coming up and sitting with it and you know and being present with it and what I've really experienced a lot of particularly in the last few days is this very strong um kind of almost like a pulling sensation between really high beautiful like loving divine sublime yummy ecstasy feelings with this really uncomfortable unpleasant um anxious ungrounded um you know ominous energy and it's and the invitation for me has been to drop into the unpleasantness of that and find the ecstasy in it and sort of trans well and transmute it essentially, transform it into in with deep recognition and acceptance. Like it's almost like you digest it into something that feels actually quite amazing. And mm. it's just this process of inner alchemy actually which is really being called into my awareness at least I don't know if anyone else listening resonates with that but um yeah it's quite extraordinary um to experience the two I, I guess you know that's the ultimate um opportunity with duality is to bring them both into a unique experience of each other you know mm -hmm. I mean, because really the energies, they are sort of polar, but more like the two ends of a magnet because there's always a pulse going between them because, of course, they're totally related as, you know, you just sort of implied. And you kind of gestured towards your stomach then um, when you said and hear this inner anxiety, and that is so much Virgo. And so even, you know, yes, ecstasy is one word, but it's just as simple as love, like, you know, filling all of that anxiety with love and I you know because we're talking about moon energy here which is our emotional beings and it's our early childhoods you know and we can grow it up by being adult to our own wounded moon child energy and I feel that because these two um, energies of our spiritual you know all the love that surrounds us who has experienced that so few people on this earth in our childhoods unconditional love mm. absolutely quite a rare thing on this planet and so of course our stomachs get filled with anxiety this is so unfamiliar to us um it's hard to digest we, we're not taught to digest it we're not familiar with it so it can be uncomfortable and the virgo energy goes into kind of analytical you know like what's going on like freak out anxious kind of i'm being invaded kind of 
um, mode. And so, I, you know, that feels very pertinent to me, what you just said about the discomfort of feeling so much love, really, mm-hmm. let's face it. We're not used to it. And so is that what listeners can look out for is, or just have a cognizance of that there's going to be experiences which will be surprising, whether internal or external, that feel much more supportive, loving, appreciative than we might have been used to in the past? Um, Well, right now I'm just talking about the energy and what's available. I'm just talking about these two signs. So that's a perfect moment to turn to the new moon in Pisces, Hmm. which is on the 20th. So it's, it's not really about what you just said. It's more... As with the last two moons, the new moon in Pisces is at one degree. So that is right at the beginning of Pisces. And so it is offering us a whole new season of connection to our our inner beings, really. It's very internal energy. It's our sort of hermit energy and the sacred place within. But also it's our connection to the cosmos. And, you know, we might have that connection through an extraordinary experience of love with a person, you know, um, mm. or an animal or a, or a plant. And we might have, it's those moments where you just outside yourself, those moments, I think we call it transcendence. Um, you know, when you just fall in love, it's that kind of thing. Or when you look at whatever, you know, like a flower or the ocean or a sunset and you just completely forget who you are and where you are and you just transport it that's Pisces energy and because this new this beautiful new moon is at such an early stage of Pisces it's just offering us a seed of new possibilities in our spiritual beings I think and for our understanding of what love might be especially this unconditional love compassion love in every cell of our beings as Bracker Goldsworth so beautifully put it in her um discussion of this new moon it's I I just think where it's we're just unfamiliar with this energy I mean I feel many of us have experienced it at these moments you know when we fall in love or when we're just overwhelmed by something beautiful um or even you know when we're on some kind of you know psychedelic trip or you know it's it rules all of the psychedelic drugs and all that kind of stuff so however you've accessed these moments I feel that this new moon is ushering in more of this potential Mm. that's exciting Uh and it is exciting yeah and potentially you know for a lot of people completely new experiences exactly Mm. I think you know it's very easy for me to get caught at least in my um spiritual vacuum where every conversation I have with whoever is generally about spirituality so I just you know you get to a place where you think the whole world's like that and actually that's far from the truth but um yeah that I think I mean what what a gift you know that sounds really rather wonderful and um and so with the shadow aspect of that be um as um potentially obvious to us in feeling very disconnected or I guess I wouldn't even be thinking I mean I just spoke about that in terms of the energies and in terms of this new moon it's so new it's so early on I wouldn't even be talking about any shadow aspects I'd just be saying because here is I mean our conversations are about how we go in to this moon it's hardly aspected it's just moving away from an alignment with Saturn um so it's bringing in new I I wouldn't even it's just a very beautiful moon it's just very new um what what could be and I don't even want to say shadow I I don't even think that's relevant really what could be um you know unfamiliar about it is it's just inviting us to sit in the unknown and I don't think we're very used to doing that Mm -hmm. um and so it's like a seed of possibility and it's offering us a moment to reflect on how we might want to make structures in our lives to bring whatever this, however you want to feel this energy, is it through love or compassion, through service, you know, to some other bigger sort of like the collective, you know, or 
to some spiritual being or however you want to serve um, or even just to find moments in your own day where you that you set aside to be in what for you is a sacred place which may be in your bed or by the ocean or in your garden you know or with your beloved just make time for that at this full moon oh sorry at this new moon um because it's just new energy and it's about allowing these sacred moments and the unknown you used the word seed earlier might have been mm. before we started but i think yeah, that's no i did a beautiful way to uh like once you said that i could uh, latch onto it and um and so what might we be um open to experiences which you know might invite us to start inviting new ideas about things and, and what we might want to do going forward in a more spiritual way or we just observe how it happens to talk to us yeah i think more that because i feel i mean this is piscean energy it's so ephemeral even the question what we might experience what might be coming in i'm not even sure that's relevant um i can't see it i can talk more about that kind of stuff at the full moon in Virgo. Um, but for me, it is noticing the silence. What you said that it was the beginning of or the end. Yeah. So this melting away, like it's an mm. yeah, it's a letting go, but it's a new moon. So, you know, and I think seed is is the best way to think of it. And if you're wanting some kind of Virgo-y rule or constructive thing to do on that day or to watch out for or intention to set, it would be that because it's loosely, it's leaving this conjunction with Saturn, you know, it, it can be about making a new structure in your life that supports your spiritual practice, you know. So it's about considering that sort of thing. And it's not just about your spiritual practice because, as I said, it's about love and compassion. So the structure might be to support, you know, the love relationship you're in with whatever being that might be or to support, you know, if, if you feel this beautiful transcendent feeling when you swim or run or do yoga or, I don't know, listen to music or take magic mushrooms, whatever it is, however you access it, maybe just honour it and um, set an intention to allow more of it into your life. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I feel like there's a lot to be said about the full moon that's coming in. <laughs> well, it's particularly pertinent because it relates to this um, Piscean. Of course it does, literally, because they're always connected, these two moons. Um, the, the new moon and the full moon at each season, um, at each lunar month. Um, and so the full moon coming up in Virgo on the 7th of March is will illuminate all of this and in an uncannily perfect way because seconds after the full moon, which, as I said, comes at 11.40 p.m., Saturn moves from Aquarius, where it's been since March 2020, um, into Pisces. So this is a, a huge shift. Saturn has a 29-year cycle, so it hasn't been in Pisces since the early 90s, around 1992. Um, and we've seen so clearly Saturn's move through Aquarius. Uh, March 2020, the beginning of lockdowns, and Saturn is about restriction and structure. And Aquarius is about the collective and society. So societies were locked down. We couldn't move in our social realms. And that is the most ridiculously perfect manifestation of Saturn in Aquarius. But equally, during those years, we've made new connections, you know, because Aquarius is also the energy of the internet. So new social realms have opened up online. I mean, we're all Zooming and, you know, we, we know the story. It's very familiar by now what happened online during lockdown. Um, and also new communities were formed both in real places and online. So that energy is 
um, at its very last waning moment, and it's Saturn's moving into Pisces minutes after the full moon in Virgo. So this is bringing in a whole new um, transit, like a three-year period. It doesn't leave um, Pisces until the 24th of May, 2025. So we'll have this whole period of, um, I guess, giving form to whatever we feel at this Pisces new moon. So this hint of new spiritual and love possibilities um, mm. and whatever baby seed we plant then. Um, it's not that we're all going to be manifesting it and, you know, so you don't have to get, you know, it's very much about what, so this, this new um, transit in Pisces will bring structure to our spiritual beings at its highest kind of manifestation. Wow. That sounds incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's, got, it's such a beautiful moment for it to be happening. Uh, and you know it will probably it will be the release of old structures, the release of maybe old spiritual practices and things, and you know the creation of new ones. And even you know because Saturn rules professions, even open up new possibilities for new spiritual work. Ah, oh, that's interesting to know. Um, given that I've started an apprenticeship program. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that was largely why, you know, I think there is definitely going to be such a big calling. I mean, and this is what I'm seeing in clients, a real desire to step in more into giving back, I think is the the key theme, actually, that I hear from clients, you know, I just want to help other people. And, um, and how that is manifested is entirely, you know, and it varies. Um, and yet, amongst all of them is also this increased desire to understand their spiritual selves and you know and you see things like breath work which are becoming breath work is you know a really powerful practice particularly for people who find it hard to get out of their head and mm. into the body and the fact that breath work has just taken off in the last couple of years really and I think it's just warming up to be honest I think it's going to be the next yoga it tells you so much about how the collective consciousness is now, you know, people who are very head focused are now actually saying, I actually recognize whether they're even aware of it or not. The fact they're doing breath work tells you they're wanting something deeper. And um, yeah, I think I'm really excited to see, you know, how that manifests. And so Saturn is bringing this desire to create structure into that energy is that right or well Saturn is the planet of structure and yeah. also of restriction so you know it's it's got its two sides um but because it's in Pisces which is this most ethereal and you know hard to pin down energy the fact you know at its highest manifestation it will allow us to give form I guess is maybe a better word but structure to to give form to our spiritual beings, you know. Um, but as I, I loved what you said just then about people wanting to, you know, care. I'm not sure if that's the word you used. Um, to, give to give back. Because Pisces is so much about service. In fact, both these signs are Pisces and Virgos are so much about this selfless care and serving. Mm -hmm. um, and because Pisces is so much about spirit, you know, so when you said, they wanted to give back and be connected to spirit. Well, this is so much about what these two energies are about, you know, and and it's perfect. You meant that mentioned breath as well, um, which is very connected to Aquarius where, where um, Saturn has been. So it's interesting that breath work has become more um, evident during that transit. And also, of course, in every single spiritual tradition that I know, from, you know, the Indian yogi practices to the Old Testament, breath is spirit. 100%. And that's how we take spirit in. That is, that is life. Mm, so it's, so it's, it's very much Pisces, Virgo energy, you know, spirit manifest. Yeah. And so 
because the because Saturn is moving into Pisces just off literally just after the full moon is that right in Virgo mm -hmm. yeah what does the full moon in Virgo have on that does it have any or just emphasizes it because um it's more that this is so beautifully attuned to this new moon in Pisces uh but the timing just happens to be with the full moon in Virgo so I guess the full moon in Virgo is um, well, let's talk about the full moon in Virgo, which is coming up on Tuesday, the 7th of March. Um, it's illuminating. Um, so the Virgo Pisces polarity that we've been talking about, you know, like, are you too far off the planet, which is pretty much how my energy has traditionally been, um, and not contained enough, you know, in your kind of daily routines and things? Um, or are you too obsessed with controlling every second of your life I mean goodness me the work culture that we've created has very much been about that like time management you know like every single I mean I have friends who are lawyers and they have to account for every second of their time because time is money and all of that that's very much Virgo out of control energy with no feeding into that of any spiritual um, and also you know Pisces is sort of disorganized energy no you know you need moments of chaos to seed new things so you know no releasing of these fixed structures and not structures that's more Saturnian but fixed routines so are we too bound up in our daily routines and our rational minds and too controlling or are we too off in the ether you know lost in space kind of thing that's it's about bringing those two things together so that we can start to do what you've been talking about, which is to, or we've been talking about, which is to kind of bring these spiritual dimensions of ourselves into our daily routines, you know, and ideally that will be at every moment of our daily routine to feel this bigger connection. And that's obviously, you know, a practice that we cultivate over time because that's maybe not easily available to everyone because we've not been used to doing that um but you know for the moment just making space in your routine like where could you make a space just to be a bit messy and not really know something and this is really exciting to me because i think you know people have had such fixed ideas um around what being spiritual is and what it requires um, and it's exciting to me that from what you're describing the the you know these are going to become much more relaxed and people are going to be really kind of focused on integration rather than you know believing that they have to be out in the woods with a bunch of crystals to be spiritual it's going to be much more explorative and curious around well how can I just bring in techniques that are, are just really simple that will just help me feel that little bit lighter, you know, more frequently throughout my day. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's been such a massive part of my work um, to kind of demystify, I suppose, a lot of spiritual oh. practices. And yet, having said that, I, you know, I feel my own personal path is going to take me largely out into the bushes with crystals. <laughs> feel that but you, you need both you know you do and I think but you know something I learned very early on so fortunately um even though I learned it, it took me a long time to embody I'm still doing is someone very wise turned around to me and said okay you have to go down before you can go up and we were talking about the chakra system at the time and you know because right in the early early before I even actually started doing the Reiki or anything like that, just when I was reading tons of books around spirituality, which FYI is normally a pretty big sign that you're into it. Um, I, you know, I just became obsessed with opening my third eye because I thought, you know, that's where it all is. That's where spirituality is. And actually when this person said that to me, I think I initially sort of was like, oh, I didn't really understand. And then over time I, and now more than ever, understand that you have to be grounded. Mm -hmm. Your earth, your root chakra, your connection with the earth has to be anchored in order to facilitate your ability to go up, you know, and out. And, um, and I think that, you know, when you start to play 
in or explore and nurture your own spiritual practices your own connection with spirit um it's very easy to get caught up in lots of other people's ideas and beliefs around how you should do it and I think what you're describing here is a collective shift towards personal you know exploration of that your own way of doing it um not necessarily a collective shift towards that I'm more describing um I mean yes I guess that's sort of one way of putting it I mean Saturn doesn't necessarily bring collective shifts it brings more um it's it's um because it's also you know so we had to experience the lockdown the Saturn in Aquarius energy in a kind of negative way but that's what precipitate it's a bit like the grit in the oyster shell it was that experience of being locked down that sort of catapulted everybody into these new communities so Saturn works very much more like that Pluto that we'll talk about in a minute is more about the collective shift um so what Saturn may do um because you know I'm not prognosticating I'm not saying these are going to happen I'm saying this is the energy that will be available and what Saturn makes available in Pisces um is the possibility of us kind of being catapulted in similar ways, although it's not really catapulted, it's like ground into um, by, you know, maybe some discomfort, possibly that's the Saturnian energy um, to, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be spiritual practices, but some connection with the cosmos or um, unconditional love or, you know, um, this sort of transcend, transcendent kind of energy that I've been talking about, this dissolution, this releasing, this sense of oneness with everything where we're all connected. And that's really the Piscean energy. Like we're all connected on this planet, all of us, um, plants, animals, rocks, stones, humans, everything. It's very much that energy. But you said some really interesting things there, Kay. One technique that is such a beautiful Virgo word as is demystify because uh, it's very practical energy and then um, talking about you know the going up and out sort of I would also add to that you know in terms of the anchor of the Virgo body with this up and out I would also add to that even maybe more simple opening your heart you know so the the Pisces energy is so much just about a very open heart and an embodiment of love throughout your being, um, which can be hard. It's moon energy. We're traumatized beings, most people on this planet, and our cells are, you know, um, it's hard to be open. Mm -hmm. And this is softening energy, and Virgo is the container. So it's as much about being open to, to containing more love as it is about being anchored and being able to go out. I mean, that's one manifestation and that's how you experience it. And in a, in a more kind of general um, understanding of it, it's, it's like being, it's like feeling safe enough in your body to be open to love. Awesome. Cause that can be pretty scary because this is moon energy. You know, this is a bit of a side tangent, but it um, makes me think of how, you know, often we have people in our lives who are very good at that, can be your partner or maybe a friend. And it may be, you know, it can make, I'm talking from personal experience, my partner is very good at, you know, holding love energy in his heart. He has a very good heart and a very soft heart and people are always drawn to my husband. And, um, and it's because he creates safety and softness. And it took me such a long time to realize that that was why I'd really fallen in love with him. And it was because I really wanted to embody more of that. Because when I met him, I was very uh, out of alignment with who I really am. <laughs> and I was living a much more constricted existence. And I was very fearful of love and being openly intimate. And I had lots of stuff that I had to work through, but at the time didn't know any of that. 
And here was this person, it took me so long to recognize, oh, the biggest draw card you have for me is your ability to teach me that there is safety in softness and in love. And so, you know, I always suggest to clients sometimes if softness is something that they want to expand on or allow more into their lives or become more comfortable with to observe where it exists in your life. Because it does, it exists in everyone's life, in some, whether it's a pet or a niece or nephew or your own child, you know, we all have the example of it. And maybe just observe how you're relating to that and soften the way you receive it, you know, and allow yourself to open to that in a more accepting way. Mm, that's so beautiful, Kay. Mm. Um, and yeah, because in this polarity, you know, which the moon will illuminate, the full moon in Virgo, um, Virgo can be quite critical and fearful energy because protecting us because this Pisces energy is the most sensitive, you know, vulnerable, you know, it's unconditional love. It's very... It's, I feel it's very unfamiliar to most people on this planet uh, just because of, you know, the collective trauma of the last millennia, uh, but at least the, the 20th century, it's all too evident. Um, and so, yeah, it's hugely vulnerable. And if, if anyone has been, you know, had a hard childhood in any way, uh, you know, because we're talking about the moon still, I can't emphasise enough, especially around... Pisces because it's such open energy it has no boundaries um Virgo gives the boundaries and so yeah to to be in the presence of that sort of love and to be vulnerable with it can be well it is a practice mm -hmm. and that that takes me back to you know when you were talking before about spiritual traditions and and, you know, the techniques that we might have to bring our kind of spiritual selves into our daily practices uh, reminded me of that fantastic Buddhist um, koan or, you know, aphorism, I guess, uh, chop wood, carry water, you know, that is the best spiritual practice. And it, it's so true. Anytime I feel resentful about having to clean the house or do the washing up or something, I just think chop wood, carry water, you know this is my spiritual practice. This is a beautiful thing. This is a sacred practice. And, you know, in ancient times, it was a sacred practice. There's Vesta, the, the goddess of the hearth, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's a really simple, and Virgo is all about cleaning. Um, so that's a kind of other way of thinking about this energy. That's how simple it can be. It can seriously just be about being very mindful as you as you clean things, you know, as you wash your clothes, as you wash the dishes. Um, I'm very mindful of it as I, as I clean my house. Um, and also it reminds me of, you know, the monasteries, medieval monasteries and nunneries, you know, where they worked, the, they tilled the fields. That's very Virgo energy. You know, it, it rules the harvest. Um, and so all of those kind of daily practices, the daily routines that we're so disconnected from now, because we don't, most of us aren't connected, although some of us are more thanks to COVID. You know, we've made gardens and things. Um, it's about that kind of presence, the cycle of the seasons that we we are part of and work within our gardens, for example. That's another perfect example of this energy. Yeah. 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 No, it's really good point. You know, it's um, finding that. And I find going slowly. Absolutely. Really actually feels really mindful yeah yeah and it yeah and, and the irony that when you're mindful your mind feels so empty <laughs> you know you know but that's the point that's the yeah, that's yeah. the that's the unknown that that pisces brings yeah yeah because we had you know we have our minds so full what mm. happens if we left them empty for a while what amazing idea might come in mm. and that's another that's a perfect way into the most beautiful alignment that this full moon has which is beautifully aspected to this um, electrical energy, which is allowing us to rethink our relationship to the earth and our bodies. Um, and so this is a perfect 
time to be open to have these empty minds you know I mean this is what yogis spend a lifetime practicing to empty their minds you know and we can do small you know gestures towards it by being mindful in as many moments of our day as we can and what might come in to that unknown if we allow it you know if we allow our mind to be empty what amazing connection or insight or revelation might arrive yeah, 100%. So other than, um, I feel like there was a, another planet that was, mm. you mentioned Pluto. Uh, no, actually, uh, there's one more alignment to the full moon before I move into, you know, kind of wrapping up this whole episode of six um, podcasts. Um, so just to finish the Virgo full moon, um, it is, you know, so these energies of, you know, how we might introduce this great cosmic love that we feel for a person or the cosmos or whatever our form of God or spirit is, however it comes to us, how we might incarnate, incarnate that in our daily routines and practices, um, find new forms for. That sort of polarity is being activated by Mars in Gemini, which is all about these you know, so it's about this passionate kind of energy dedicated to talking and conversing and listening and doing things with our hands. I mentioned that in the Gemini podcast earlier, that it's related to the hands, Gemini rules the hands, which are connected to the heart. So, oh, actually, that's a really, and it's mutable energy. So housework or writing, actually, you know, like, let's move on from housework, because Virgo and Gemini are both connected to Mercury and it's so much about writing words, conversations, you know, so it's again about the conversations we might have with other people, with ourselves, what we, what we might write. So yeah, the full moon um, will be a lot about communication as well and the, the um, ideas that we might receive and that we might convey to ourselves and others. Um, so I don't know if you want to have, if you have any more to say about the Virgo full moon before I kind of wrap this. No, no, I feel like it's, it's very, you know, we've got, <clears throat> it's, I think it's going to be a powerful time, maybe challenging for people, um, but definitely worthwhile from what it sounds like. Um, yeah. I mean, challenging in more the, you know, if we're talking about this three years Saturn in Pisces thing, it might just be more you know, what kind of feeling of restriction will we experience in our own personal lives or in the collective that might propel us more into our spiritual beings? So, And I think, that? you know, that was going to speak to wherever the individual is in their life at the moment and, you know. Totally. Yeah, and so I think it's just going to be an interesting experience for some people, slightly easier for others, slightly less so for some, you know, it's just we're all in different places and um yeah so um yeah I think it's going to be an interesting ride <laughs> I guess as with Saturn in Aquarius I mean this is collective energy that we're talking about Aquarius is as is Pisces energy so it could be on some bigger scale that propels us each into these spheres um you know into a, a stronger spiritual practice you know mm -hmm. um but who knows how it will manifest um but yeah these are the possibilities but yeah just to so we've we've now covered every single zodiac sign in these six podcasts with these two beautiful energies concluding it and I was so blown away to discover you know because as I mentioned in the beginning this has sent me to look back you know just to see much more clearly how these bigger lunar cycles uh, manifest. So I looked back to the Virgo new moon um, last year, which was the seeding of this Virgo full moon, um, which comes on the 7th of March. And that was on the 27th of August in 2022. And unbelievably, it was the exact day that I conceived this podcast. So it seems uncanny to me that it comes to fruition at this Virgo full moon. And, you know, it's all just the chancy magic of the cosmos of the moon, you know, but that's just the most perfect example I could give you of, of why you might want to continue to 
to tune in to this beautiful moon energy and also the full moon in in Pisces on the 7th on the 10th of September last year equally brought to light something that I had you know inadvertently you know because often it's just unconscious because this is moon energy I think I'll be much more conscious this year about it um that I had seeded in at the beginning of last year so you know these two moons that we're talking about now will come to fruition and and we'll be planting a new Virgo seed in the spring you know in August and September so you know to invite you to continue to think about these six monthly lunar cycles um uh, yeah that's just like a such a perfect that was a really big um learning for me I had no idea that actually that there was a new moon I you know I, I think the rhetoric or the because like astrology hasn't really been that deeply on my radar prior to since COVID really and and so all I've ever heard about or kind of connected to is the idea of the full moon mm-hmm. and learning about this new moon, full moon and this six month. Yeah, I just thought, oh, the new moon came in. And then by this point of the month, it became the full moon. And I didn't recognize this whole six month journey that each moon took through a sign and how powerful that was. Um, yeah, there's just been so many insightful, you know, pieces of gold from this experience yeah really helpful so yeah I'm, I'm so pleased and and so you know so we've concluded the annual cycle of the moon um through all the zodiac signs and it starts again in March um which is the beginning of the astrological year when the sun goes into Aries um <clears throat> at the equinox and that so um that happens on Tuesday the 21st of March and then the very next day is the new moon in Aries at um on the 22nd of March and again like the previous like this Pisces new moon and the previous two new moons um the Aries new moon is right at the beginning of Aries so this is inviting in a whole new sense of selfhood that we can have um you know for this new uh, I guess this whole new astrological year. Uh, so it's going to be very big and significant, the Aries new moon. And it's it's the last of four that have been right at the beginning of their signs, which are ushering in all this new energy. So after this new sort of Piscean energy, which is about us going beyond ourselves, we get new Aries energy in March, which is about us being in ourselves. And it's very much about I and ego and honoring that in whole new ways. Um, and the reason I'm particularly mentioning it goes back to Kay when you mentioned Pluto, because two days after the new moon in Aries, Pluto goes into um, Aquarius for the first time in, gosh, I think it's since the French Revolution. Pluto's transit is long 240 years or something um and so pluto goes into aquarius until 2044 and this is the big generational shifting transformative change and many astrologers me included um look at the different generations you know like the baby boomers and the um you know all the different generational markers that we have in terms of pluto cycles and it's pretty uncanny how they line up um, so Pluto is going into Aquarius on Friday, the 24th of March for three months, and it won't finally move in to Aquarius permanently until 2025. And I think I've already mentioned that in these podcasts, but this will give us the first taste of what it might look like. And it is, you know, another marker of this Aquarian age and the new age that will potentially bring in, you know, it's kind of Renaissance energy, the Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance Um, was another moment when Pluto was in Aquarius. So it's amazing energy, revolutionary. Um, You know, it's a a moment of kind of intellectual brilliance and creative flourishing. So, yeah. I always, for some reason, thought of Pluto as being this kind of um, indication of a destruction cycle. Uh, No, so this is the Aquarian energy that I'm describing. Uh And when Pluto goes into it, it makes it prominent. So I'll just so 
this um, Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008 and it moves out in March and then fully in 2025. And Capricorn rules um, the professional world. It rules um, authority, leadership organisations. You know, it rules all the structures of the outer world, the professional world. It went into Capricorn in 2008 at the exact moment of a global financial crisis. And that was the beginning of the collapse of the old order. So that we've seen the power of Pluto in Capricorn to sort of bring down old ways of doing business, of doing government, you know, and now that's going to move into Aquarius, which is the energy of the collective. And so it will bring new ways of being in community. Mm, it blows my mind how powerful astrology and it, like astrological energy is in our lives and we have nearly no understanding of it you know to know like to hear that the gfc started the moment that planet moved into that sign it's like you know the fact that we're not taught about this at school blows my mind <laughs> it's so it's so impactful it's extraordinary to me because I haven't really been following astrology um, until COVID, you know, until March 2020 when Saturn moved into Aquarius, which is another perfect indicator of someone becoming interested in um, astrology, you know. Uh, you know, and obviously I've been, I'm so interested in its language and its symbology and all of that. That hadn't waned, but I had stopped following all the different cycles um you know daily because that's just too time consuming and I'm a writer but I was blown away when I realized that Pluto had moved into Capricorn in 2008 because that very moment I started writing a book about the history of capitalism and the collapse of capitalism exactly as the global financial crisis happened so that's just uncanny so I didn't do that with any knowledge that this was the astrological transit. I just did it because I was obviously tuning into some sort of collective energy. I, I myself, despite having been interested in it and studied it for 30 years, cannot believe how it correlates with life on earth. I have no explanation for it. I mean, many astrologers do. I certainly don't. It just seems like magic. Um, but, you know, that's the perfect way into saying, you know, so if your listeners want to keep following these moon cycles, um, I would so happily recommend some extraordinary astrologers who do regular moon um, podcasts um, yeah, if, if you want to continue to follow. So I've got a few names and they yeah, all yeah, come yeah. with my gold standard. Um, <laughs> I love them all. Um, so the first one who got me back into following the lunar cycles, um, which happened for me in about 2018 um is Brittany Banowski at ethereal astrology Kay I believe you're going to put all these uh, names put links in, in your notes and yeah names um and she she used to be wonder girl and she is fantastic I just immediately connected with her energy her um she does the same sort of astrology which I do which she calls evolutionary astrology and she goes into such detail way more detail than I do she's a professional astrologer now she used to work for Forbes she's probably in her 30s or 40s anyway so she's based in San Francisco actually at the moment um but her her videos are really long and detailed and she gives so much context so if that's your thing she is the go-to person and what was her um, last name Brittany uh Benowski I mean I'll send you the names it's B-I-N-O-W-S-K-I and they're about a, an hour long. So, you know, I don't always listen to them. And, and they're often even too detailed for me as someone who's really interested in this stuff. And so the other two people um, who I discovered next, and I'm just going to say it in line of how I discovered them, was Bracker Goldsmith. Mm -hmm. um, and she also does, re so she's the reverse almost <clears throat> of Prittany. She does very brief ones. To me, she just gets the energy. She just nails it perfectly. Um, in about 10 or so minutes and she's so heart-centered so Bracker Goldsmith and then Pam Gregory who I've mentioned a lot in this um, podcast because she's just so smart whoa um, 
but her focus is more the collective. She's incredibly good at prognosticating, you know, for example, the floods at Byron last year, that was amazing. Um, she's, she talks a lot about the collective energies. Her videos are, you know, often about half an hour. Um, she always brings it back to the personal, but it's more about the collective if you're interested in that as in the big sort of events going on in the world. But the one who for me at the moment is very tuned into where I am and who's like my go-to person is Sarah Verber, V-R-B-A. And she is based in, um, I think, Sweden. She's American and she's just moved to Sweden. And I just love her language. I love the way that she interrogates and lets go of a lot of old astrological junk that I feel um, has been carried for way too long, especially about the masculine and feminine and all of that kind of stuff. I absolutely love her openness. She also does a tarot reading at the end. Her readings are about 15 minutes. Um, anyway, so check her out. She is fantastic. And then the other two who I don't always go to now, but I have done, and especially because one of them um, I had an astrology group with in the 1990s is Yasmin Boland who's an Australian and she now lives in London and she's extraordinary and she has a website called Moonology so she's like the original moon astrologer um she's been doing this for decades um so Yasmin Boland I'll send you a link to that and also Forever Conscious I read her um uh, website sometimes at the moons because that's also a really other amazing kind of appraisal of the moon energy and so if you're more just interested in reading you know a few paragraphs and that's more your vibe then forever conscious is my go-to place great amazing thank you so much I'm sure that's going to be really helpful for people that want to pursue an understanding of astrology I I myself watch Bracca and Pam Gregory um and yeah I totally agree Bracca is um really good at kind of getting to the heart of the matter uh -huh. um I confess I often listen to the first half of her things <laughs> so she can get a bit too detailed astrologically for me but but that's why having you on here has been such a treat because you know as someone who doesn't really understand the technical aspects of astrology at all um it's been good to be able to ask my sort of very lay woman's question uh, questions and and you know get a more sweeping stroke of what we can expect and um, it's been really really helpful and I know from the feedback I've had of people that listen that they've also really deeply appreciated it so thank you so much Pam and uh, Pam thank you so <laughs> I'll, take I'll take that I'll take that thank you so much Jade I really appreciate your time and yeah all of your powerful wisdom and insights it's been extraordinary and we are very much the richer for it so I'm super grateful that you you know conceived of this idea yourself and then somehow uh, translated that to me through the ether so that I actually just asked you and you said yes I just decided to do that anyway <laughs> and so um yeah talk about serendipity really okay. really grateful so thank you so much it's for such a Oh, it's such a pleasure, Kay, but ha just hearing you say lay woman reminded me of the whole purpose in the first place. So if I could just say one more word, Please. because we're talking about moon energy, it is our deepest child self, it is our mother energy, um, it is feminine energy, which is why I do, you know, moon centered astrology. And so just to kind of emphasize again, the whole rationale behind this whole podcast, which is to allow us to connect more with our feminine, and I'm talking to men and women here, and to our earliest emotional beings who have been mothered in one or other way by our actual mothers or other people, um, that this tuning into the moon energy gives us the opportunity as adults to kind of nurture our emotional beings and our child selves, which mostly have been so undernourished and undernurtured because our culture hasn't made it possible for them to be properly nurtured. So this is like the opportunity to take responsibility for ourselves in that Saturnian father energy way for our child selves. So that's kind of the whole rationale behind why this is important to me. And again, because we still have the North Node in Taurus to just remind everybody that 
it's so important, you know, that if you're interested in this energy, it's so important to remember there's an actual moon in the sky and to keep looking at it and tuning into it as it goes through its phases because that teaches us a lot as well. And yeah. thank you, Kay, so much for making the time, you know, for us to have these discussions. Oh, no, so grateful, Jane. And thank you for that powerful reminder that, yeah, we exist on a planet in the middle of space and um, that we are far more than we appear to be. And the forces around us are so much more powerful than we've ever been taught. And um, and that we are actually at a point in time that's so exciting because we're able to discover this within ourselves. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and thank you to all the listeners who've joined us um, for this series. Really uh, wonderful to have you here. And if any of you over the next month, well, few weeks actually, feel the call to become a light worker, as I did briefly mention during this episode, I have actually opened up an apprenticeship program and I am looking for apprentices to join the program. Um, so if you feel called to that work with me, um, please go to my website, www.kwilson.love forward slash Shakina dash way. And I call this a Shakina way because Shakina means dwelling place of light. And if you are feeling the call to be a light worker, that is indeed what this work is about. It is about holding light in your being so you can support others doing the exact same. So yes, thank you so much, Jane, for all that you are. And, um, and maybe at some point in the distant, or in the future, I'll be able to get you back on here for a different experience, but very grateful to have had this opportunity. And um, yeah, thank you. From the Likewise, Kay. Thank you so much for the invitation. And all the best, everyone, um, those of you who continue to follow the moon. Um, yeah. And lots of love. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the moon. And we'll speak soon. Bye-bye.